0: You recognise the music, and we are back with Series 2, or Season 2, however you want to look at it. Got told off on Twitter yesterday for that. Was it's called X these days, isn't it? So yeah, welcome back to Series number 2 of For Ref's Sake. The same old faces, the same old people talking the same old stuff about football refereeing. The original podcast, and still the best. I have listened to some of our rivals over the uh, summer break. And uh, not too worried about the competition. Oh, it's starting a bit of rivalry already. Joined as usual um, by my good friend and colleague, Luke Scott. Are you there? Are you there, Luke?
1: I'm here. I'm in.
0: He's in. So yeah, we are welcoming you back with our first uh, episode of the season. We're going to talk to what we've been doing over the summer, and obviously refereeing's been in the spotlight over the last uh, few weeks or so whether it's the uh, Women's World Cup you want to talk about or um, the matches that seem to last for about three and a half hours these days. It's turning into a bit of American football. The next thing you know, we'll be having um, you know strategy breaks and timeouts and all that kind of thing, but we'll see how it goes, won't we? So, yeah, stay tuned. We're on all the old social media, we're even on TikTok now, At for ref's sake. Uh, don't ask me what all the names are for the rest but we're on Instagram, we're on uh, X, Twitter, whatever it's called, and Facebook and all that kind of jazz. Welcome back, Luke. How are you?
1: I'm really well, mate. How are you?
0: Very good, very good. Um, so, have you had a busy summer break? Did you get much of a break? The season seems to have come around really quickly.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, it has come around really quickly. But I did, I did get quite, a, quite a good break because obviously we did, we did those athletic challenges that we don't want to talk about, um, and that was sort of tail end of april wasn't it and then i didn't do anything until mid july so I, I had a really nice break uh from football um obviously the day job is still football so i didn't have that much of a nice break but in terms of actually officiating and, and being involved in football um yeah I, I did have a good break and i think it was needed so yeah i had, I had a good time what about you so yeah so
0: well, i have a longer i don't really you know i have a longer break i just stuff it many Breaks during the season, but that's things <laughs> you know, do really the game, odd game here and there. You know, just tend to referee cup finals, you know, at the last minute, obviously. Um, don't want to talk about that one too much, but yeah, um, it's been nice. I mean, the weather's been a bit inclement, shall we say? Um, changeable, yeah, changeable. Obviously, you know, in, in my profession, we do get a little little summer break, um, of, of around six weeks and. It, I mean, yeah. How's, even, how's that going? Well, until last week, it was going really well, and then I found out we're not even going on striking when we go back to work, which is <laughs> devastating news. <laughs> Although there is the promise of a pay rise, but you know, it's not all about the money, is it?
1: Uh, I'm not commenting on anything to do with teacher strikes. <laughs> so,
0: um, I understand as well. You know, we we have a multi-sport, um, you know. Love this podcast we we have been watching cricket haven't we? we've been watching uh, a bit of the netball although I don't really understand netball that much um but we were going to talk about um the cricket weren't we uh, about uh you know what what they call the spirit of the game so we we saw a lack of spirit didn't we from um what's his name the wicket keeper alex Carey from australia um he upsetly <laughs> remembers in in the lord's uh, in the long room. That's yeah, what it's called. It's because it's long and it's a room. Uh, but they were angry, weren't they? Those old boys, whoa, weren't yeah, very happy.
1: I, I mean, I, I've I've really enjoyed watching the Ashes, uh, despite some of the results. But that, I mean, that whole Lord situation was just fascinating. I thought from a from a comparison perspective to you know cricket being a gentleman's game. I know I know we talk about rugby, but obviously Lords being the pinnacle of that um, gentleman's ethos and. Uh, the higher end of the game and all, all of that type of stuff. And the the way the crowd reacted and and obviously the members, I, I don't know what the member criteria is, Wayne, and you might know um, to, to actually get yourself into that, that privileged position of being in the long run. But um, even, even in those four walls, it was, it was an atmosphere that I think cricket has never experienced before. Um, and it just sort of struck a chord with me around the, some of the behavioural issues that we've had in football for a number of years. Perhaps it is transpiring, uh into different sports across different fields i think that was a bit, a bit of a one-off and to go back to your question about what you
0: need what criteria i would imagine it's a lot of money i think that's probably the main criteria but it's an interesting point about the the spirit of the game because you know cricket has always been seen as a bit of a gentleman's game or um you know uh, in the olden days i'm not you know dissing the women's game because obviously that's uh That's growing rapidly as well, but um, technically, as people have said, um, that decision was correct by the umpires, Um, but whether it was within the spirit of the game is very uh, debatable, but we're not going to talk about that all night because this is a a football refereeing podcast and I appreciate that people are tuning in here to listen about football and stuff. So um, the big news, isn't it, over the weekend... And we've kind of been fed this in, you know, over the past few weeks, is um, we're seeing a lot longer um, matches of football. And I know you put something on uh, on, on the Instagram story that we run um, about whether people liked it, whether people didn't like it. So, what what's your opinion? Are you a fan of these uh, 55 minute halves, or are you against it?
1: I'm. I'll be honest with you. I'm really. I'm really in favour of it because I think football, football, and football players, managers themselves, have created this problem. Um, and fans, fans that moan about it. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of noise on social media this weekend about. Oh, it's ridiculous. It can't carry on. Blah 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 those are the same fans that at the tail end of last season would have been moaning when their team are losing 1-0 and the other team are slowing the game down ridiculous amounts as as is, has become commonplace in even just your routine league game, never mind your cup finals, semi-finals, playoffs, all of that jazz. It's it's become routine in just a normal game of football. So um, it's it's long overdue, in my opinion, in terms of the added time. Uh, and and it, it should be... From our perspective, short-term pain for long-term gain because this, the sooner the players, managers, fans realise that actually it's not worth time wasting because it's just going to get added on, the better because then time added on will go back to a normal normal level that we're used to, that's acceptable. But and, until we get to that point and until the, the players and the managers and the spectators realise that, I, I think long may it continue that we add this time on and, and you know... I think I sent you a I sent you a stat on um, on Twitter earlier today about the average length uh, of time that the ball was in play during football league matches last season, um, and uh, I can't remember exactly what the stats were, but I think for for a for a championship game, I think it was it was in and around the late fifties in terms of minutes. Um, and then the, the the League Two stat was shocking. I think it was like early fifties, if not late forties, in terms of the amount of minutes that 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 game, is, that the ball is in play during that that game. And how is that a spectacle? How is that something that we strive to to achieve? Is that's just embarrassing, in my opinion. So the sooner we correct that, the better. Um, and I know you're frantically trying to find that stat, but yeah, as far as I'm concerned, mate, the the uh, the added on time is is a is is the right thing to
0: do? Yeah. Um, so, what when we when you're talking about the the ball being in play and what have you, we're not talking about things like throw-ins and and corners and free kicks, are we? We're talking about things like goal celebrations, um, you yeah. know, card car, card substitutions and, and and things like that. Because in the past, yeah, exactly. for those people who are not into the, the you know, the finalities of, of of refereeing, you know, generally it's being accepted that a substitution, would add, you'd add t- 30 seconds on a goal, you'd add 30 seconds on, stuff like that. But now what you're seeing is with, with these goal celebrations is they're taking, you know, they, we know what they're doing, so they'll, they'll go into the far corner as furthest point away, you know, everyone will jump in on it and what have you. So that's what they're trying to do, is trying to add um, the time on. Now, I think his name is Jake Sharp, who I think he works for, BBC Northampton, and I'm keen to get him on uh, to be one of our guests in, in a few weeks' time. And we've had um, quite a few people, by the way, um, who have you know said they will come on to the show from various backgrounds in football. But going back to what I was just saying, um, he made the point of yesterday at the Cobblers, I think there was 11 minutes or something at the end of the second half or so? 14. 14 I'm minutes, wow. So um, he was saying, is there... And I'm, thinking here out loud within professional football because I know at a uh, semi professional level um you know that's not gonna be impossible because of manpower or or person power, is that what it's called is this? Um but anyway. Um about having an independent timekeeping. Oh you know, like in rugby where the referee says, right, the times the time's going off. Um do you think that would work at, at the professional level?
1: Uh I, I think it's it's something that that's come into conversations recently. Arsene Wenger, um, among one of his many ideas about revolutionising football, uh, one of his ideas was a, a sixty minute stop clock, in in the same way that rugby has a stop clock. Um, and when that when that happened, and when he said that, it it kind of caused a bit of uproar. So, why why are you taking away thirty minutes of the game? Well, just to go back to those stats we were talking about. In in 22 23 so last season in the Premier League the average ball in play time was 55 minutes in the Championship it was 52 minutes in League One it was 50 minutes and in League Two it was 48 minutes so you're talking almost half of the game in in League Two almost half of the game the ball's not actually in play so why are we, why are we playing 90 minutes why you know these these managers that are are being paid to come up with uh, revolutionary tactics to win a game. Well, their revolutionary tactics is let's let's just play less minutes. It, it, it's ridiculous. So do, do I think that the whole stop clock thing would work at a professional level? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think it would. Uh, I think that that would stop a lot of the problems that we have at grassroots level around time wasting because there's no doubt it's filtered down and it, it continues to filter down from the top level the, the amount of gamesmanship and stuff that goes on because... You know, we don't like to talk about the good old days because the game has changed a lot since then, but you don't—you never saw any of that nonsense. Uh, Saturday combination, Sunday morning football, but you do see it now. You do see it because that's how players see the professionals win a game, so why wouldn't they try themselves?
0: Yeah, um, and we've seen things as well about um, the number of cautions. So we, obviously, we know some people in the, shall we say, the, even the upper echelons of the game compared to where you are um, yep. as well, who said uh, you know the first couple of weeks of the season is going to be carnage um, in terms of not just the timekeeping, but in terms of the number of cards that are being uh, handed out. Um, and it's almost like, and I think it was Howard Weber who came out with it, wasn't he? It's like, they're going to try and get football back. And, um, you know, laws of the game are there for a reason. And that's why uh, referees have now been told, I think it's fair to say, they need to apply the laws more stringently and stricter. And obviously that is going to upset people. You only have to look on Twitter or X or whatever it's called these days over the weekends, and people are going, oh, the referee's too card happy. They're doing this, doing that. It's all about them and they're spoiling the game. Well, you know, we we discussed a lot on last season's um, podcast about you know the problem with um, the lack of discipline. Now referees are instilling the discipline. That's also <laughs> been criticised as well. Obviously, we I mean, you know, referees weren't ever going to win in this situation. But hopefully, after you know three or four weeks, it'll it'll settle down and players will know. And and um, and before you, anybody goes on and and questions it, the clubs have been told this. By the way, it's not it's not a shock. you haven't. You know, the referees haven't just gone. Oh, we're going to do this now. Let's not tell anybody. I think even at the start of the games, the managers and the co- or the senior coach has to come in to the pre-match briefing, don't they, and discuss you know what's going to happen and, and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think in fairness, in fairness to the FA, the PGMO, um and and whoever else was involved with sort of getting getting this uh, thought process brought into into the the refereeing world, uh, they've they've communicated it really well. Um, and that's one thing I would say to him. You know, whether you, whether you agree with the the process or disagree with it, the the way that it's been communicated to everybody is uh, the, the the genuine feeling amongst everyone is there's going to be more yellow cards because because of the way that Howard Webb's gone out publicly and said that you know the unacceptable behaviour is no longer acceptable and and all of this type of stuff and those messages have have been received loud and clear both in the refereeing world and in in the club world, which I think is probably a difference. Or or a a different approach to perhaps when we've had these types of um, briefings in the past. When you know, I think uh, the most recent one was probably the the whole right. We're not going to allow shirt pulling in the box at at corner kicks, for example. I think Michael Oliver gave a couple of penalties that nobody really agreed with because he'd been told to by the PGMO, but but the PGMO hadn't told anyone else that that was going to happen. So that was all a bit of a shock. Whereas. I think whilst whilst there's some noise on on social media, as there always is, from some ignorant people that don't really understand many things, never mind football. Um, that you know, there's they're unhappy because they just don't understand life. Yeah, in general, the the footballing population are, are accepting that what what the referees are trying to do, and and that actually it's not them just taking this off their own back. It's actually a, an initiative bought in and signed up to by clubs. Uh, top level and and all the way down so yeah i think the communication of it has been really good good good
0: <laughs> i myself down there for a minute i was just listening to you i it? know i
1: couldn't i couldn't hear you i was yeah. worried uh, don't, don't
0: worry about it the smd was texting me asking if she could have a dinner i mean this is the organic nature of this podcast and uh i said to her she couldn't because my um my food's coming at nine fifteen. but yeah um I don't know if I mentioned at the start or not but w- this podcast is going to be going out on Tuesdays now we've we've plastered it all over um all our social media um platforms as as we say but we've got we we actually met up didn't we um for probably the first time ever not the first time ever we'd met up, obviously, 'cause you know it's not like it's not like a like Tinder or anything. I like we, we just swiped, left one a day and date. And, yeah, made <laughs> I made a podcast up out of it. But, I mean that would have been weird, wouldn't it? A referee in, um a referee and dating site. How about that? I think there's a feature there somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we met up on um on Friday to discuss a few things and um some plans. So we've got a number of guests um lined up. And, you know, we're going to continue with with the uh, with the guest feature approach. Um, so that's going to be fun. Uh, we've also got a new quiz, Luke. And uh, we, we had a, we had quite a long discussion about this on Friday, didn't we? we invited yeah, yeah there was a bit of friction. Yeah, we we invited our little mate and um, Cocky came along, didn't he? Yeah. He was there. He came up with some ideas. Um, that's a dog opening the door, by the way, if you're wondering what that noise is in the background. It's not anything else this weekend. Um, so, um, uh, uh, again, the organic nature of the podcast. My wife's chasing the dog around the front room as we speak. But we'll, we'll, ma- we'll maintain professionalism. Yeah, so we've got a plan on this new quiz. It's called The Minute to Win It. And basically, this is how it's going to work. We agreed <laughs> to think. So you're going to get a category. Nothing to do with, um, with football necessarily. It might be a football question. But then you've got a minute to name as many things as you can linked to that topic. So, for example, it might be um, name capital cities of the world. You've got a minute to name as many. So then that person, the first week, obviously, will be the leader. So let's say, Luke, you did it and you got 10 in a minute, which for you would be pretty good.
1: Well, I mean, ask the host. I was undefeated for a while, to be fair. But, (laughs) yeah, carry on. Yeah. So then the (laughs) following week, we're going
0: to have a little wheel that spins around random random. Um, subjects, and then that person who comes on, they're going to have a go at it. And if they beat 10, then they're the leader. So, they, you know, it's like the is it the green jacket in, in golf. Is that what it's called? When yeah. It, when the front? yeah, yeah. Um, so they're in the, I oh know, oh, and it's the one in the Tour de France as well, where they have the The, the, jersey. the yellow jersey. The yellow jersey, that's yeah. it. Yeah. Um, so then at the end of the season, whenever that happens, we'll see who the reigning the, the, the champion is. Happy with that? I'm delighted with that, yeah. Yeah, but, but and also we're going to introduce a new, another new feature. We've we were you know smashing these out on Friday, um, which is going to be all about match incidents. So, anything um that comes through, you know, something that's happening in your game, we'll discuss it. We'll talk about it. Um, whether you want to be, uh, you know, if you want your name put to it, that's fine. If you want to remain anonymous, that's also fine. Uh, me and Luke and whoever's, whoever else is on perhaps will uh, have a little discussion. So we're going to ask you to send in your match instance I- either by uh, Messenger through so our Facebook page, um, a DM on Twitter, <laughs> uh, what's your, Instagram, you can send it in there, or we're going to set up a WhatsApp and we'll announce it on our social media because we're still working out how we don't put our, our numbers on social media without getting uh, bombarded because... Um, on last night um just quite friendly um i seen a few little tweets of things going round people uh, thanks for that um people uh like th- through club accounts just kind of not being very nice to referees and i just said like um you're welcome to come on the podcast and and discuss it and i got uh, absolute barrels from somebody um I mean yeah I did, his biggest I grievance. Did see that. Yeah, his biggest grievance was the number of followers we had on Twitter. I was like, what's that got to do with anything? I did offer him a hug, to be fair. Um
1: Yeah, I also saw that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it? But I was... it, it, it it's it, it's a sad it's a sad situation, isn't it? I mean that the the club in question, um, from the south of the county, the you know, playing purple, uh, begin with D. I, I don't want to give too much away, but uh, I mean their their conduct this season has been absolutely atrocious. Um, I think we're talking five red cards in three games. We're talking two misconduct charges. Um, absolute embarrassment. Um, so I, I think there's there's things that there's 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 a time and a place for for clubs to perhaps. Chastise referees and uh, and and question decisions. Probably chastise is the wrong word, but question decisions and um, and question you know how how games have been impacted by those decisions. But I, I just I feel that in the current the, the the way things are going, that club has absolutely not a leg to stand on. Um, so yeah, really really disappointed with uh, how they've started their season and how they continue to behave, uh, particularly given the the whole charter. And and participant behaviour stuff that that we've talked about just a few minutes ago.
0: Yeah, and we yeah uh, we're going to talk in, next week. I think about um, the renewed strategy for refereeing. Um, the FA brought brought out a new strategy. and We'll put it on our social media and stuff, so you can have a read of it. Um, because there's a lot. I mean, and to be fair, I think they've realised that if they don't do something about um, not just you know participant behaviour, but promotions and things. Um, they won't get enough. There won't be enough referees in in future. And um, I, I saw one of the stats where it takes an average about fourteen years to get from grassroots to to refereeing. You know, football league, Premier League, which is too long, um, really. And I think they've you know realized that and uh, they're doing a few changes. But we, we'll discuss that because there's a lot to discuss. And it'd be nice to get somebody. Um, I was going to say get somebody from the NFA on who knows knows what it's all about. (laughs) Do you you mean somebody who's read the strategy? That's the one. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. Obviously, Luke, you're not in. You're not in refereeing uh, as such, are you? So you're just the referee man's boss, aren't you? Is Is that what you do?
1: Yeah, yeah, but I mean, I have I have read the strategy, uh, and you're right. You know, the the whole 14 year thing. I think you know they're trying to get it down to at least 11 years, um, which, like you say, which is the right thing to do because our most successful export as a referee currently, um, or one of, is is Michael Oliver. When Michael Oliver came through the system, he got to the Premier League at the age of 25. I think might be wrong on that. I'll, I'll take some corrections on that. But it was in and around the the, the 25 mark which at the moment isn't like you say isn't isn't possible because you you start refereeing adult football at the age of 16 um as we've said the pathway as it stands at the moment is is 14 years so that the earliest anyone can get to the premier league if you get promoted every single year is is the age of 30 so uh, michael oliver's living proof that we need to get people to the premier league earlier and that's exactly what that that referee strategy is about. Um, ad, admittedly, you know, the, the FA were the ones that have made that pathway longer in the first place. Um, so it's it's taken them for, it's it's, it's taken them to make that pathway longer to realise that that was a bad move, and then obviously go back on themselves. But at least they they have gone back, and and they have noticed that they need to uh, to improve that pathway, make it a bit quicker, and obviously as as part of it increase the level of support and development that, that goes to all referees. So really positive, but a lot to dissect and, and not one for this little introductory episode.
0: Just wondering what the smd has got for, for dinner.
1: Oh, I dunno, she's making all sorts of noise though.
0: <laughs> was it Lasagna? Jay. I didn't know she had a voice. <laughs> I didn't know it was a, I didn't know it was a woman. <laughs> um yeah, so that's going to be interesting as well because we we spoke to Liam, didn't we? Liam Bailey-Shaw. I think it was probably the last episode, actually, um, before the break. And um, we were talking about the promotion scheme with him and um, and he was questioning um, the validity of some of the promotions. But it's not something, you know, it well, it is something that stopped referees getting through the system in the past where it takes so long. Whereas now you can get double, double jumps and what have you within the season. We're seeing all kinds of, Development groups and people being pushed a bit quicker than others and all this kind of thing, which is great because you know if they're good enough, then they should be refereeing. Why would you need to go through? You're like a a, let's take Aaron Lloyd for example, who we've spoken about and kind of wax lyrical about in the past. If if he's got this natural talent, which we've all you know we all identified, and now he's you know on on core groups in my view, why waste two or three years of him being you know refereeing the same teams essentially because? In the past, if you were a level five um on the Northlands combination to, to name an example um you know you you would probably referee the Prem, but now there's only three or four divisions, so you know that that pool of matches is 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 much much smaller, so we need to get these these people through now the counter argument to that will be oh they're too young blah 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 blah, but football's not like what it used to be, quality's not what it used to be, and you know traditionalists Come up with some of these ridiculous statements. Sometimes saying this, um, so yeah, it's good that, that they've identified that, and that it, there's other things as well, obviously, in there as well, in terms of um, trying to get more female referees and you know people from ethnic backgrounds and giving discounts to to these groups, which you know that again that causes another argument. And um, but uh, you know wh- we've spoken about this before. I think it's an absolute necessity to get these you know these 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 minority groups. Um, into football, and we've seen it, haven't we? I know I'm talking a lot here, but we've seen it last week, didn't we? on know referee course again, twenty five candidates, one adult, um, not many from ethnic backgrounds, one girl, um, and I know Ollie uh, ollie ran a successful female only course as well. But what will come out now? Will we'll, we'll time will
1: only tell, won't it? Yeah, and and, and I think the, the the whole the whole argument around oh, you know. Uh, Offering discounts and and stuff for for either female courses or, or BAME courses or any anything like that. The, the the whole pushback we get from that I I I don't really understand. And I think you know you look you look at any any step two step three step four step five game. The referees that are refere or or the population of referees that are refereeing those games isn't representative of the players that are playing those games. You know there's there's so many players from diverse backgrounds, um, why aren't there referees from diverse backgrounds refereeing those games? And and there isn't, you know, and, and if, if we were to do a and it would be quite an easy piece of work to do around the, the and I'm sure the FA have done it around the, the percentage of players from minority backgrounds that are playing at those levels compared to the 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 referees, it it's a no-brainer. We need to get more more diversity into the refereeing pathway so why you know why why should we be criticized for trying to do that whether it's female whether it's bame courses you know whatever the whatever the representation is that we're we're, that we're trying to increase that there shouldn't be any sort of pushback to that and and it just needs to happen because it we're not at the minute we're not a representative workforce
0: no and you know don't want to get too involved in my uh, my own job but um you know, I, I work in education, and, and um, where I work, we have a very diverse, uh, you know, set of set of children. Um, and you all and I think you always get, you know, the, a bit like let's <laughs> turn into politics. A bit, it's a bit like leaving the and staying in the EU, whereas people th- felt like if you if you don't s- if we left the EU, that'd be it. it um, we wouldn't have migration that would just stop, which obviously it doesn't. Um, but you just got to accept. You know, we live. We live in a diverse country. We have done for centuries. We've been inva- We've been a country that's been invaded for years um, by people. And, and people think, Oh I saw something on um, uh, Andrew Bird, one of the comedians, talking about this um, about you know people being one hundred percent British. There's no such thing, you know. We have Roman, Anglo-Saxon, Viking blood, all these different types of people. Yeah. Just accept it. You know, we need to get these people, um, these you know, these ethnic minority people, and uh, these groups into refereeing because um, we need more referees and we need more better representation. Like, like Absolutely, that, yeah. 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 Not like Nigel Farage, he wouldn't have anything, would he?
1: No, but you know, <laughs> the, I mean, the other the other thing that annoys me is you know we we've seen an increase in the number of discrimination cases a- across across the game, but the... The the fans that are guilty of these discrimination cases so that, they're, they're, you know, they're being racist towards a particular individual that they have, they have an individual of those exact characteristics that are playing for their team. So it's, like, it's, it's, it's not like, so it, it's like, well, I'm not going to be racist against him because he plays for me. But this guy, he wears another shirt, so that's completely unacceptable. Like, it just like I just don't understand the whole thought process behind the whole thing. Anyway, like it's just ridiculous. Um, so yeah, I mean, we've gone off on a massive tangent there, but just another bugbear in mind. Uh, <laughs> sorry about
0: that. I <laughs> think I think that was a double rant to be fair. But anyway, <laughs> um, just to finish off with for episode one, um, so I, I've got to be honest with you, I haven't seen a lot of it. So I've seen a few bits, but um. The Women's World Cup has been going on over the summer. Um, first of all, I saw the game. I think it was the first England game where uh, the penalty was taken once or twice. Or I can't remember how many times it was. Um, yeah. Where the, and the referee goes over to the screen and um, announces it to the crowd what the decision was and why or what have you. Um, is that still going on in all the games?
1: Yeah, yeah. So that—that's—that yeah. uh, <laughs> yeah. that tells me
0: I haven't watched a lot of it. Um, I'm a big, I'm quite a big fan of that. I think that's Are you? really, yeah, I like it,
1: yeah. Uh, no, I mean, it's ridiculous. I mean, I, I, I can't remember what game it was, um, because we've, we've, we've bought a TV, uh, into the office downstairs, at, at work. So we've, we've watched pretty much all the games, um, just because it coincides nicely with office opening hours. Um, but wh- one of the games that the poor referee, she obviously, she didn't, she either she of lost concentration or didn't speak great English. There was a bit of a, a bit of a sort of communication barrier between her and the VAR. And um she's basically said the wrong thing over <laughs> over the tannoy. and then she's had to correct herself, and then nobody knew whether it was a goal, not a goal. It, it was absolute carnage. Um, but it doesn't it doesn't offer really a lot of insight. I, I, I don't really know what the point is. Um, and obviously, fiFA, FIFA have their little directive where, it's different to the Premier League. So Premier League, when a VAR check's going on, at least the viewers at home can see the the, the live feed of what the VAR is looking at. So you've got an idea of what the check is. Um, I, you know, I think a good example is that that Lauren James goal the other day that um, in the England game that got ruled out. Nobody really knew what they were looking for until it happened because FIFA doesn't allow the broadcasters to show the the replay until the decision's been made. Which it all it all feels a bit cloak and dagger to be fair, and this this whole let's announce it over the stadium tunnel. It just is FIFA's way of saying, well, yeah, we don't want to see the actual replay until we've made a decision, but um, what we will do is announce the decision to everyone. It I, it's a bit pointless. It, I, I don't get it, and it probably doesn't help the people in the stadium in in, in any way. In the same way, it doesn't help the people at home. Um, so yeah, no, I'm not a fan of that. Mate, if you hadn't, if you hadn't noticed,
0: oh, I am. I still quite like it, but I think obviously with processes, um, it could be quite successful. Same as well. Um, I, hang I, minute, hang on, before let me on. Hang on, just no, so... just, just <laughs> before you move on,
1: uh, I, the, the, I have just completely killed the whole process. But I did really enjoy uh, in the in the most recent England game where the uh, the referee rightly awarded a penalty against England. Um, but so she's she's been over to the monitor. She's had a look and she's gone right I'm going to give a penalty for handball and um they've they've obviously left her microphone on a little bit too long and she's run over to I think it was Lucy Bronze who gave away the penalty for handball and uh, and Lucy's obviously given a little bit of protest just asking a few questions and uh and she's gone I'm sorry and she's shown a yellow card in her face but the whole the, the whole the whole stadium and all of the watching audience at home have heard her say I'm sorry so I'm not yeah again still I'm not a fan but I did enjoy that
0: well, uh, another refereeing um, site—we won't name them—literally um, after that game, they were saying, um, you know, about this the respect thing and all the new thing that's, coo- you know, not respecting but the new thing that's coming in. There. Um, Lucy Bronze obviously hasn't um, read these new directives and things that you know this this new strategy that's coming out—the four-point strategy. Well, of course, she hasn't, mate. She's at a World Cup? You know, she's not going to go. Oh, hang on a minute! I'm not going to complain about that because uh, yeah. I need to refer back to the effort is
1: four point strategy about player behaviour. Yeah, behavior. she's she is quite busy, but I mean, also she wasn't over the top. You know, she was obviously just asking a few questions. I mean, from what I saw, I, I didn't think she was. I don't think she was over the top at all. I think she was just looking for a little bit, little bit of clarification. But um, yeah, uh, yeah, she didn't shake the referee's hand after the game. That's that's up to her. I don't think anyone's going to lose any sleep over that. Um, no. I, had, oh, I had quite a few people that didn't do that yesterday. So I I mean I had
0: I had um I'm not going to name the teams because uh, that would be uh, unfair. Um, but I I did a pre-season game. It was seven nil to one team, and I ended up in somebody because um, he said something. Well, he called. He said something to me which was. I didn't find it acceptable, which, was the, which, which is why he, he got sin binned. But he also, he called me a Sunday league ref, which hurt me more oh. than than the insult, to be honest with you. <laughs> um, so, on. yeah, it's like, uh, this is, and, you know, I, I spoke to them afterwards, and uh, they loved this player. He's a good player, to be fair to him, at that level and anyway. But, uh, yeah,
1: what, what kind of insult? The Sunday
0: league, like you a Sunday league ref, what's the difference?
1: What's the difference? But, uh, I, I don't know who that's more insulting to you or a Sunday league ref, but oh. anyway, uh, the, the other thing about the whole Lucy bronze, not shaking the referee's hand on the flip side. Yesterday I had the goalkeeping coach come over to me, shook my hand and just wanted to tell me how terrible I was. And, but he was a big old boy and he, he wouldn't let go of my hand. So it's uh, I said to him, I was like, I I'll fully take on board your comments, but I need you to let go of my hand now. And he didn't let go of my hand. So I said, OK, uh, again, I'm still listening, but I'd really like you to let go of my hand now. If you don't let go of my hand, I'm going to have to caution you. He still didn't let go of my hand. So I, whilst he's shaking my hand, I'm booking him because he wouldn't let go of my hand. So we can't criticise Lucy Bronze for not shaking the referee's hand when people are coming over, shaking my hand, not letting go of it, just to tell me how sh- rubbish I am. How? how did you, like, so I'm assuming then
0: um, he was shaking your right hand, yeah? So yeah, yeah I'm
1: left-handed, so my, my yellow card goes in my left pocket. So it was yeah. easy access, mate. I right, know. so
0: if it had been in the other pocket, what would you have done?
1: I'd have been in a whole lot of trouble. <laughs> get... I'd have to get my assistant <laughs> <it> who <was> stood to <laughs> my right to, to, to put his hand in there. Get... <laughs> ah, do, 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 do. So when you
0: listen to this uh, this episode one, England will either be in the quarterfinals of the World Cup or have been knocked out. Um, it's That's an 8.30 it kick-off, I believe. my daughter. Uh, Lucy, she's 16, um, not that has a, that has any relevance, obviously, but um, she was saying to me today about, oh, make sure you mention the um, the Women's World Cup, which is the first time she's ever paid any interest in this podcast, to be fair. <laughs> uh, but being a 16-year-old, I said, well, I'm, I'm assuming that, you know, as you've finished your GCSEs and, you know, you're waiting until September and, and between now and then you're just going to sit on your ass and sleep till midday every day. I said, I'm assuming as you're so interested, You'll be up at eight thirty in the morning or earlier, just, you know, to get ready for the match, and she doesn't think she will be. So that's how oh. much interest she's got in it. That's a shame. It's a shame. So um so yeah, so we're gonna, you know, start next week, back next week for episode number two. We're gonna um have a few guests on, aren't we,
1: Luke? Are we classing it as episode two, or is this just like a is this just like a, a pre pre season episode? No nah, mate, every episode counts. We got to thirty-one. Okay, <laughs> I thought, thought that'd be your answer. I just want to check.
0: We got to thirty-one last year, and um, I mean, we did well to get that far. I never thought—I said to you earlier, didn't I? I never thought we would ever get anywhere near, um, anywhere near that number of episodes. But we did. And, we uh, did. <laughs> we managed it. We managed it somehow. So uh, every Tuesday. Oh, by the way, thanks to the people who voted on the um, the Instagram poll about whether we should sack the uh, social media director. Ah, uh, yeah. We're, we're, we're launching a full investigation into um, whether or not her voting for herself, uh, sorry, them voting for themselves to be fired and getting their friends to vote for them to be fired means that we're going to do reverse psychology and not fire yeah. them. Promoter. Promoter to um, social media chairperson. That.
1: Yeah, that's, that sounds dangerous, actually. Let's so, yeah, we'll that. be
0: back. We'll be back next Tuesday um, for more. I'm sure there'll be some incident. The Premier League starts next week, so I'm sure there's something that will come out of
1: that. Uh, um, carnage.
0: Do not forget to subscribe. We're on uh, Apple Podcasts. We're on Spotify. We're on um, what's it, one, Amazon. And we're also on all of the social media channels. And Luke has uh, decided that he is going to be the chief editor of the podcast these days, which is brilliant, because I can send him the file. He can sort it all out and so keep, keep an eye on social media for lots of clips lots of stuff and hopefully then um, Gaz Warrington from in Town um, will increase our 168 followers on, on X that you're not happy with and uh, we'll see you guys have a great week everybody we will uh, catch you up on your socials anything to say Luke before we finish?
1: Oh, no nothing
0: Gaz I love you